This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're going to be talking podcasts today. We're going to be looking at podcast trends, uh, what's engaging advertisers and a a big growing audience. Uh, We're recording this today in the listener studios in Sydney and all my guests are in the one room, something we haven't done for a while. And it's a bit of an all-star cast too. We've got Kim Norman, Head of Commercial Partnerships and Podcasts at SCA. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. From across the road down the other side of Sydney a little bit, we've got Kane Riken, Digital Commercial Director at Nova Entertainment. Welcome to SCA Tower, right? Thank Kane? you very much. I'm taking photos as I enter. So <laughs> it's good, good photo. If anybody's listening, he's not. That's a joke. <laughs> and uh, joining us is uh, Jamie Cho, Head of Digital Commercial Radio Australia, back in your old workplace, Jamie. That's right. And it's the first time I've been here since, uh, since I've been in Commercial Radio Australia. So there oh. you go. It's yeah. a few years now, isn't it? It has been, and it feels same, same, but different. So it feels very familiar. So uh, good to be back. Always okay. welcome, yeah. Jamie. Thank you. <laughs> I thought I might have a, a quick whip around to start with, and and each each of the guests, how much of your work involves actual podcasts and their sort of monetization and strategy behind it? Start with you, Kim. Uh, I'd say a hundred percent of my time <laughs> is is dedicated to the commercialization of podcasting. Uh, and the growth of all of uh, the commercial partnerships beyond the podcast as well with our podcasters. So it's, um, you know, yeah, it takes up all of my time, really. Sure. sure. And what about you, Kate? Yeah, same for me. I, I sometimes say 110% because <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to podcasting and, um, and all those elements that Kim mentioned in, in terms of outside of just the ad units, it's all the extension pieces, the talent, the publishers, the independents, and, and really creating that entire ecosystem for our clients. And, and finally you, Jamie, and uh, I... It's a big part of your job, maybe even bigger than when you first joined. Oh, absolutely. It wasn't even on the radar when I started. Um, but what has put it on the radar is that broadcasters are spending an increasing amount of investment in new content and uh, and selling it. So it makes sense from an industry point of view to try and raise that profile to help that return on investment. So yes, it's become pretty well half my time at the moment. And with the I, I mentioned in the intro, the growing audiences, the growing engagement both from the all the audience, and we'll find out from mm-hmm. from Kane and Kim how much the interest there is from the advertisers. But um, we had the recent Infinite Dial research, fifty percent, a fifty three percent jump in the number of weekly podcast listeners a year on year. The numbers are pretty staggering. I think we're up over twenty five percent in total uh, downloads. At least it's probably a little bit more than that. So, is that growing audience? Is, has it been reflected by sort of? equal numbers of advertiser interest? I think uh, the the interest is definitely growing. Would I say it's grown by 53%? Oh. No. Oh. Uh, has investment grown by, by that amount? No. And I think there's a few reasons for that is, you know, COVID's had a huge impact on, on everyone's marketing budgets um, and we've seen some other traditional mediums uh, sort of come back quite heavy in that aspect. We've, we're seeing sort of TV take more share than than they've ever done before, um, even though their audiences are not growing. Uh, and out of home, I've seen also really come back quite strong. So at the beginning of COVID, we saw, a, you know, a really great uh, time in terms of podcast revenue. And I think a lot of that was marketers were were cancelling some of those traditional mediums like out of home as people went into lockdown 
And rather than lose that money, they invested that into audio, but in particularly podcasting, uh, because they they felt that that was the one medium that people were still going to remain engaged with. But as we saw Newfin years come in and, um, you know, sort of budgets being reset, the budgets for, um, for clients are not at those pre-COVID levels. So we're sort of seeing that sort of um, settle down a little bit and we're having to probably fight for, for more share than we've ever had to bid be done before so yeah yeah interesting Kane what what's your um what's your experience and is the the phone ringing much or are you still being proactive and going out to, to chase the clients yeah we're definitely seeing a lot of interest and I think podcasting uh, has the pleasure of being that that uh, product but everyone listens to it themselves so you've got that groundswell of, of just amazing support behind podcasting uh, I love seeing stats like that because I do think we do see we're seeing the adoption by the marketplace and we've known forever that podcasting was going to be a thing and sometimes you you hold up the piece of paper and say <laughs> see I told you it is a thing uh, and um, we haven't again I agree with Kim we haven't seen the level of, of adoption in uh, investment spent the exact same numbers, but there is a lot more brands and agencies uh, leaning in towards podcasting. Some are getting it faster than others. uh, And uh, it's great to see. And we're always about educating and and kind of driving that for the marketplace. Um, I also see in terms of comparison to other medium, um, the level of audience in comparison to investment. And there is a big gap in podcasting. And I think that's um, something that some brands are being smart about unlocking. And I think that's the opportunity um, for the marketplace and, and the brave brands that want to jump in and, and look at podcasting as a, a medium. Are we talking about people with big budgets? I mean, is it all pretty much agency stuff? Is there, is there much potential there for direct sort of client? Uh, yeah, look, it's both. And, and I'm actually seeing strong growth in American transactions. So a lot of brands out of the US transacting with us directly uh, so especially for those sort of tech services as well. Um, yeah, we're seeing strong growth in that area. And I think, you know, given our, uh, historical partnership with podcast one, that's probably stead us very well to, to have those relationships as well. Um, but we, you know, it's, it's a combination of both agency and direct. We are seeing, a, uh, a lot of smaller budgets coming in from direct advertisers who are wanting to be absolutely targeted with their advertising dollars, uh, low wastage and get really quite close to to different groups of people that they know are absolutely listening to a podcast. But, um, you know, there's there are it's strong growth out of out of agencies, some agency groups more than others. But yeah, that's where the majority of the revenue is coming from. Yeah, you sort of agree with that, Kane? Yeah, yeah I would that. definitely agree. I think um, we're seeing a lot of interesting brief briefs uh, from agency partners, and and what used to be just innovation budgets is definitely turning into more longer term and, and bigger integrated briefs. And it's fantastic. I think uh, podcasting itself it's so flexible. You you do have a solution for a lot of different types of customers. Uh, everything from more of a direct and performance led. Uh, execution right through that bigger credibility influencer-led um, uh, piece of work. Jamie, could I talk to you about Podcast Ranker? Sure. I think that's part of your sort of role, I think, is it? To, this is sort of a, it's what must be about 12 to 18 months old? It is about two years old now. Two years old, and is it? Okay. Uh, Yeah, it came from um, a brief from our members 
who are actively investing in podcasting and promoting podcasts. All you have to do is listen to a commercial radio station in this country and a 15-minute block doesn't go without a, without a mention of a podcast. But as Kim mentioned, not seeing the return on investment or not seeing the advertiser interest that, that, they, that um, our members would like. So the idea was to create a ranker. Now, unlike the radio ratings, which is a walled garden of, of, of radio license holders, podcasting is a much bigger church. So um, so the ranker is is deliberately designed to uh, reflect all participating publishers who want to get on board. So we have that list of growing publishers. And it's done just like with the radio ratings by an independent third party, um, Trident Digital, who are experts in, in the digital audio space. It's a monthly ranker of the most popular podcasts, uh, both overall from an Australian point of view and um, and from a publisher point of view. So it's it's been really interesting in that year and a half, two years to see how the space has grown. I think if we look at at the big trends in the last, particularly the last year or so through COVID, is the rise of the news podcast. So uh, both in terms of a 20 minute or so podcast, and some examples of that are um, 7 a.m. and the briefing, and the other is is the shorter uh, two to five minute news update, like uh, the Nova update and um, and Sky News and from the newsroom. Those titles didn't exist twelve months ago. Did, definitely didn't exist eighteen months ago. So there is there is a kind of understanding of of where consumer habits and where interest is is lying. Um, another uh, some other categories that have seen some some good rises is finance and self improvement. Those global podcasts always existed, but Australian voices talking about that stuff, particularly from a millennial point of view, is, has been really good. And then you have your constants: comedy, sport, um, uh, self improvement, and true crime. They're they're, yeah. they're well, always fair, studies. I'm just looking at the top ten for April. There's a fair bit of diversity. It seems it There's is sort yeah, of almost yeah. one from each major categories managed to find a way into that top 10. And what is awesome is um, the rise of Australian voices and Australian storytelling. I think um, we didn't always have American podcasts in there. Now, the American podcasts that are in there are those that are represented by Australian publishers who, so therefore you can have advertising targeted solely for Australians. So that's, so that's the condition for them being in there. But what we're seeing is Australian podcast titles kind of really rising up to that challenge and, and creating some really interesting stuff. So it's great to see um, a really nice, strong representation of, of Aussie podcasts in, in, in the list. So the, the, the list is a, it's not a total market representation, is it? It's a representation of the, a lot of the biggest publishers. That's right. Publishers there's, have there's to There's a few in. people who aren't there. I mean, one obvious one, I guess, is the ABC. The ABC doesn't take ads, so there's less maybe reason, but then they don't, they're also in the radio ratings and they don't take ads. I think they're in the radio ratings because people like to see, you know, what size audiences they have and their audiences do impact the commercial figures. Sure. Could the ABC join this um, or the, the there are ABC, other people who might come on board? Yeah, the ABC are part of the working group that that's that, that the podcast committee that oversee um, um, the ranker and, and how, okay. how it works and lives. They, they have a, a, a number of technical issues that they are working through, but it is their intention. We, we'd love to have them oh, on at, uh, at their earliest uh, opportunity, for yeah. sure. So I think the, the, the last two months, the total downloads have been about 50 million roughly for the month. Um, do we think the total market is a lot bigger than that? Does anybody think? Yeah, well, I think Mamma Mia is not represented in that either. And, you know, they've, they've got a very, very strong podcast offering as well, especially to females um, and, you know, a lot of Australian voices there. So I think that it is um, underrepresented to to that point. 
Um, I think if you look at Infinite Dial, yeah. so Infinite Dial showed a podcast consumption go from 17% on a weekly basis to 26 So if And the, the other thing too is with podcasts, there are new podcast mm. titles coming out every day. Yes. So one can only imagine that the, um, the consumption is increasing with the percentage of Australians doing it. So um, it's, it's a very fast-moving space, but I think the ranker does give you a sense, though, that there are hits within that space. There are constants. And if you look at the top 10, top 15, within, within month to month, it actually doesn't move that much. So that, I think, gives some good reassurance for an advertiser who is interested in the space. There is actually some consistent performers and consistent publishers that are, that are delivering um, downloads and consumptions um, on a month-to-month basis. Yeah, I mean that's what I like about it. There's there's things there that stay popular because you know so that it must be sort of really capturing the way people are feeling about these podcasts. For sure. Um, I wanted to speak, I guess, to, to Kane and Kim on this one. The you hear about um, podcasting, the potential impact on radio, um, audio sector revenues are still you know very much strongly built around broadcast radio. So what 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 is the potential to have an impact on on those revenue figures from the from a growing spend on podcasting? Yeah, well, we haven't seen uh, any impact so far. Even just that's in terms of audience. Our audiences are growing uh, across broadcast and obviously podcasting much faster, uh, and then revenues stay consistent. So I see it as incremental. Um, and, and the way we position it to our clients, it's the all of audio, the entire ecosystem, and, and we recommend the products and services which we know matches uh, kind of that brief and, and kind of what's going to deliver them the best uh, KPIs on, on their business results. So, um, yeah, I think it's all incremental, which is great, uh, and it's a new listening occasion. Uh, it's not uh, impacting kind of our established assets. So I think for us as, as radio networks with, a, with broader audio products, I think it's really beneficial to us. Yeah, and I think it's also about, you know, how you define the role of each of your audio products on the schedule and and the role that each of those play from down to the creative execution. Um, So how we're going about it is through education and and upskilling our greater radio sales teams um, for them to understand, you know, the role of radio, the role of music streaming, the role of podcasting and how they can confidently go to market and, uh, you know, pitch for incremental revenues. I think uh, audio revenues in general are underrepresented um, from a spend level, um, considering the audience that we reach and for how long we reach them across the day and the level of engagement that audio can have um, with a brand is second to none, I think. And I've worked in TV, out of home. I've done probably every single medium and I keep coming back to audio because of the way that you can absolutely engage um, an audience. And I think, you know, it's when you're coming back to when brands are needing to build trust, tell a brand story, then that's really the role of podcasting and nothing can, you know, really sort of compete with that. So, and we're, we're seeing that in our uh, campaign effectiveness studies as well. You know, NPS scores are going through the roof for some of our clients who keep coming back and using that. So I think it's up to all of us to um, sort of be continuously educating the marketplace on that. And even now, you know, I'm finding that my role going into creative agencies and giving them that understanding is where we're also seeing um, some some good success. I was going to ask about the, um, I guess, a place where you've 
both started perhaps is um, people who advertisers that value the radio medium and have a lot of success with it are probably the likely candidates to sort of grow their their spend across podcasting as well because mm. it might bring similar return. But I, I'm thinking about that. Could podcasting also bring some people into radio perhaps if they – they, they, they're not in radio, but they dabble in podcasting yes. and then, then they might spread across? We've, we've got examples of that, definitely, where they've come in as podcast first uh, and I won't mention the brand name, okay. but uh, a, quite a big tech company who came never used radio, came into podcasting, uh, trialled it for the first year, tripled their budgets with us the following year and now... Uh, have pulled an enormous amount of money out of their above-the-line mediums to go full audio because they just keep seeing these amazing results, especially when you want to reach an SME audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're definitely seeing as well, I think, in research that's coming out, when you do combine both the mediums of broadcast and podcasting, you do get an oversized uh, results in terms of the performance and that's effectiveness and also business results. So, um, yeah, I love to see that. I think the flexibility of audio, the use of the full network to really drive that performance, I think um, networks like ourselves, I think um, that's where you can really unlock that additional value. Yeah. We, um, I was talking with uh, Jamie about some of the categories and we mentioned, you know, real crime or true crime mm-hmm. is very popular. Is that a turnoff for some advertisers potentially? Is that, is that a category that might be a, a little bit more challenging to sell? Yeah, yeah, it has been previously, and uh, I think the market is slowly kind of understanding the role, and I call it investigative journalism, not true crime, uh-huh. uh, to, <laughs> to try and keep it a bit softer. But um, we're definitely seeing brands buy into that. It's definitely got audience, and it's got the engaged audience. I think um, when you do listen to a, a, a podcast series within investigative journalism, it's really hard to put down, and we've got some great ones within our stable, and and some really great talent too. And and the one I touched I touch on is I Catch Killers with Gary. Jubilant. I think it's a it's a really nice use of talent, him as a really warm character uh, and brands uh, accepting that as an environment. And you can use it as a reach play or you can use it more as an engaged audience and really look at that contextual alignment with him and his work and in, in, in the right brands. And we've definitely seen universities um, buy in another of, of finance clients as well. So I'm really excited to see that grow uh, this year. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a great... Uh, it's a great genre for the entertainment industry, um, you know, especially street television streaming services, video streaming services where you're you're speaking to that like-minded audience who are into any form of on-demand content and that rich storytelling and immersive experience that true crime offers you as as the as an audience. So, um, you know, as again as we start to come out of COVID, you know, we're seeing those budgets from entertainment categories, movie houses coming back now, and they're really choosing to true crime as as their choice to to target people. The are we seeing any sort of um, a brand? I call a brand. I guess all the blog podcasts are brand funded, but um, especially tailored for a brand. So something that they really just push out maybe to their client base to bring a few more people in that mightn't necessarily turn up ever in the podcast ranker, mm-hmm. but it could still work well for the brand. Are we seeing much of that? Massive amounts. That's probably our biggest growth area. That's the area we've invested in a lot recently with Headcount um, and we're doing it for not just B2B but B2C 
Uh, and, you know, brands have sort of woken up to the fact that it doesn't have to be that advertorial style anymore. It's it's about how do you subtly bring the brand story into a piece of content that is going to allow the brand to sit nicely within that so it resonates with an audience. And, you know, there's so much neuroscience behind the fact that, you know, to, to be able to reach those ad avoiders using long form branded content is a great way to do that in a very rich storytelling manner. And, you know, if you get the, the host right, you get the storyline right and you get that, the synopsis and the structure of that podcast right, you can have really good success in that space. And, um, yeah, we're we're seeing that from a B2C B2B, absolutely. And I think if, you know, if brands just, um, you know, sort of look at their own um, workplaces and just see how much inbox fatigue is going on and people don't have the time to to read as much as they do and that you can engage your own community via the ear whilst they're walking, cooking, going to the gym, whatever it may be, um, we're seeing a lot of brands, especially in this remote world that we're we're living in, to re-engage with their their own workplace with podcasting. So yeah, Kane, yeah. special interest. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I think um, some of the key benefits is the lower costs in terms of production. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one in today's climate. Um, the intimacy, the speed in which you can um, turn around content. I think, and it, it just feels really intimate, and you feel like you're, you're sitting in the room there. You're putting a little piece of plastic in your ear to hear it. So it's the closest medium you can get to your head, basically. Um, so we're definitely seeing a lot of great interest um, from loads of brands. The executions, I think, are changing as well as people understand the medium more. Um, and by creating a, a branded podcast, the story's got to be right. You don't want it to be kind of really ad-heavy or something. You've you still got to be decent quality content that has a strong storyline or people are going to tune out. And I think it's important... Um, that you really look at the content like that and you are competing against every other podcast to capture that person. So, um, yeah, it's great to see people leaning in that way and and that the style of it's different. We're seeing more kind of shorter episodes. We're seeing more news bulletin style episodes or even bonus parts of, of an existing podcast to really drive the amplification of these. Yeah, and I think the fact, you know, this is part of the reason why Listener uh, evolved the way it did was also to be able to offer those brands to be able to produce that that style of content, but be very targeted with that. So um, that's the beautiful part of podcasting is the technology behind it allows you to get very, very targeted to your listener as or be as broad reaching as you want to be with that. Um, and I think, you know, we're sort of seeing all those brands that had those specialist magazines back in the day when magazines had, you know, their their golden day. We're seeing those brands starting now to come to podcasting going, you know what, I can do what I did all those years ago with my specialist magazine, but um, as you, to your point, for less the, the production cost, yeah. Jamie, the uh, podcast ranker tracks the fortune of, uh, I guess, the top 100 Australian podcasts. Have you got any idea the sort of number of podcasts being published in Australia? Oh, dear. Well, <clears throat> roughly? Podca- podcasting is global. So um, I, I, a punter doesn't differentiate between no. and a listener doesn't differentiate between an Australian podcast and an overseas podcast. So um, I know that that was a hotly contested uh, discussion item in the early days of the ranker. Do we include American titles? But if an, if if it's accessible to an Australian advertiser, to an Australian audience, and 
an Australian publisher is selling that audience, then then why not do so? Um, so it is it's global, mm. um, and and you know every every publisher in Australia talks about having a particular podcast or set of podcasts podcasts that have resonated with an overseas audience. Um, what I do know is kind of mirroring what what you guys were saying. I'm thinking about the Infinite Dial study. Um, now the Infinite Dial study is is a piece of work that's now in its fifth year, and it's a U.S. research company, Edison Research, who have a long-running 20-year Infinite Dial U.S. study, and we've, we've got them to do the, uh, the study in Australia for the last few years. What we're seeing is that the digital consumption has really shot up, of, the consumption of digital audio has really shot up the, in the last 12 months. We don't ask them why in the study, but um, we do know that it's, it, it's surely, there's so many things pointing to the change in lifestyle in the last 12 months. And all you have to do now is just walk around and see how many Bluetooth earbuds are in people's mm-hmm. ears. So audio is easy. As, as you guys said, audio is very easy to access. And so I think that there is, there is something there in which there's a whole bunch of people every day discovering podcasts for the first time. So James, the answer to your question is how many podcasts are being made? I think every day there are new people getting onto podcasts. And for them, this is all a completely new um, territory. And to give context, Infinite Dial says that Australians, 91% of Australians are aware of podcasts, but only 26% of them actually listen on a weekly basis. So when you think, um, for someone who listens to radio quite heavily, going, oh my God, well, there's another ad for a podcast. Well, there's a reason for that, because the majority of Australians just haven't gotten around to sampling it. And once people understand that, that, that user journey, that's really easy to access on their phone, because we know the smartphone is the biggest, most popular way of listening, then suddenly a whole, you know different world of entertainment is, is available to them in a period of time that they were probably not listening, as in they were walking or doing other stuff around the house. So um, that's interesting there. What I wanted to sort of lead that into was to ask um, uh, Nova Entertainment and Listener about when they get questions about discoverability from 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 advertisers because, I mean, there's something like there's over 2 million, I think, podcasts globally. And, yeah, it's a much debated figure where it's, mm. oh, it's not that much, oh, it's a lot more. But anyway, there's a lot of them. But um, do you have – can you offer um, ways that, that an advertiser can get across a whole range of, um, of podcasts or do they need to buy podcast by podcast or how do you help them out? Uh, you can buy by bundle, uh, you can buy by uh, audience group, you can buy by genre, you can buy by podcast title, you can buy programmatically if that's how you you want to be able to buy it and still have a um, talent-led execution, absolutely. Um, but in terms of the, you know, being just how do you grow that audience, that's probably the biggest conundrum for all of us is audience acquisition. So, you know, your your podcast host plays a huge role in that and their profile and their community groups. And, um, you know, so social, we know social works very, very well to be able to target and using influencers as well to, to, to target those like-minded um, affinity groups, if you like. So there's a whole host of different things that we use. You know, obviously we use out of home for our brand awareness for for listener. Um, but then you know, television can be used very effectively as well, um, depending on the environment that you're putting a particular ad. Uh, but the most effective um, is is definitely when it's host-led to their own communities through social and digital formats. 
uh, I feel is is probably the area you're having those uh, very quick, big wins um, and then obviously amplification across our own assets and radio advertising because you're speaking to like-minded audio lovers. So, sure, mm. sure, okay. Yeah, discoverability yeah. I think is is a problem and I think we're all trying to achieve it. You've got the, the tech platforms, of course, that own a lot of that and I know they're doing a lot of work in terms of providing recommendations as such and, and I, I agree. I think talent's a really big part of that. Talent's community in other channels, so either social or, or kind of other sites is, is a really great way of kind of extending that, looking contextually and, and recommending different podcasts within um, the different collections which you're, you're established in can also help. Um, and then, of course, just that kind of ongoing messaging, I think, as such, people are aware of podcasting, but they still don't know how to get that first hit. And I do think after you get your first hit of podcasting in the collection or, or whatever genre you're fascinated or keen to learn more about, it's really hard to turn off that tap. And I think that's our challenge to get everyone off zero to try a podcast. Uh, and I think it, it's really hard to walk away from it. Yeah. And don't underestimate the power of word of mouth. You know, podcasting new, uh, the new barbecue chat Everybody quotes something about what they've learned in a podcast or, you know, discovered via a podcast, and that is still a very, very effective way. So building those community groups is key. I'm interested in, um, so I'm guessing with uh, podcasts, it's it's hard to know in advance what will work. I mean, it's probably like, to a certain extent, a hit song. You've got an idea what might work, but sometimes things just pop for some reason and, and you've got a huge hit. I mean, looking at the podcast rank, there's probably a few things there. Go, wow, these are top ten, you know, and and they're all worthy. But maybe they wouldn't have you wouldn't pick them on launch as being potential top tens. Does sales get involved at all in and when you're thinking about releasing a new title and and to get feedback on the potential for for advertiser interest? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm really involved. So we've, we've got Rachel Corbett over in our business. Uh, she's been with us for, for eight months now. And, and she, I do think, the best podcast content creator in the country. So we're really lucky with that. Um, but we work really closely together to, to look at new opportunities as part of our Nova Podcast original brand. Uh, and so anything that comes comes to light, she's got loads of ideas alongside her her team. Uh, and we workshop where we see this could be the opportunity. Um, we're really focused now on really meeting the the intersection of our audience uh, and also our customer, the appetite there in terms of where they want to integrate uh, in, into our podcast. We really want to make sure we're creating content that matches that and provides those compelling uh, opportunities for our clients. So yeah, nothing will, will go ahead unless we have that kind of really clear picture of the opportunity for both sides of the business. Kim Kane slipped in a cheeky little ad then. You've got yeah. some good content people. Oh, here too, I think we've <laughs> probably got the best in the, in the country. I would say Grant Fothill is king of content um, on, on any format, if you like, but uh, Jen and Sam um, are just as brilliant as well. Um, and Look, you know, we're a commercially-led company, so I'm heavily involved in all commissioning meetings for for new content and also for the ongoing um, slate. And, you know, there's there's different rules that, that we apply um, to, to when commissioning and, you know, it does have to meet a, a commercial threshold, but also, you know, there's there's different things that we look at in terms of is it going to bring a strong audience over to our platform? It, yes, it might be risky from a commercial perspective, but if it's got um, strong potential to grow audience in and discover uh, all of our other podcasts, then, then that it can work that way as well. So there's, there's all different elements, but, yeah, to answer your question, heavily involved. 
Jamie, we talked about Ranker before and you talked about some of the different um, different ways people load podcasts, the, the different um, genres that, that are growing. Um, I mean, you look at this, the top 20 of the April, and sometimes there's only four episodes a month. Someone else has got 170. Do, do you have guidelines for how people can should measure podcasts and, and sort of ways they, you know, some, um, some people like have a strategy how they might be able to rank higher. Other people don't seem to be too fussed about it. What, what's your advice to you? There has been a lot of debate about that. Um, I, I think once we started adding the number of new episodes per per podcast, that debunked the theory that if you release more episodes, you can game the system. Because if you take a look, you'll have a podcast that has, uh, let's have a look. Who are the top um, three have only got four episodes? Yeah, sure. And then you'll have uh, some down the list that have 170 70, and, yeah. and over 100. So it, it debunks the theory that if you just release more, it'll it'll download more. I think a, a good podcast is a good podcast is a good podcast, and anything that that kind of fulfills a consumer need and connects with an audience via the like as you guys were talking about the personalities and the content and and their community um, that will um, um, that will see the way. So I think that's been um, that's been quite reassuring to see that it is a consistently performing medium, and there are some genres and titles that kind of make sense from an Australian point of view. And it has been, it's, it's up until this point, it's been very difficult to compare because the only measure that we had was the Apple podcast chart. And that, that is not a download chart. So everyone had their own, you know, you're, you could be on, you could be number one for two hours on the, on the podcast or half a day on the podcast, Apple podcast chart. And suddenly that's at, that's at the front top of a sales deck. Uh, for the next for the next three months, so um, this this provides a bit of sanity into that discussion, and and it's good to see that there is consistent performance there. Yeah, I'm sure top of the Apple Podcast still might make the sales deck though. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, sorry guys, I didn't, didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> to sitting sitting alongside, I, I noticed like one of the, I mean, uh, SEN have released 170 episodes of their um, SEN Melbourne Breakfast Show, but I noticed in the release from SEN this month they also. Uh, revealed the total number of unique listeners, so it wasn't just a sort of volume play. Are there, what are the metrics the the market sort of likes to see? Uh, well, I think you know it's if anyone can define exactly what a download is, then you know they're worth a million dollars just by being able to do that because you know downloads can mean so many different things based on your Wi-Fi speed, based on you know so many different factors. So. Um, Definitely, you know, ad impressions is, is is the way we sell, um, and that is because we can absolutely measure ad impressions based on the ad serving platforms that we use. So, you know, being very very transparent with our advertisers on this is how many ad impressions we're going to deliver, and post campaign reporting back to them this is how many we delivered, so they know in um, factually how many ads were heard. And that is, those numbers can be very, very different to the download numbers. So when you're, um, yeah, when you're transacting, you have to transact in a currency that the agencies will understand. But uniques, absolutely, where, you know, whilst we don't, um, we don't publish those as such because we don't trade on that and we don't want to be traded on uniques um, because you will, you know, uniques, again, is it unique IP or is it unique device? What are what are you transacting on? So that can open up a can of worms. So I think if you know keeping it simple um, to transact is that impressions. 
Hey, and I'll get your thoughts on it. And is there much shared podcast listening? I guess there's a certain amount. There's... Shared in, in terms of devices? No, or? people, like two or three people might be listening to the one podcast. It's not always a solo experience, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, listening parties was a trend, I think someone <laughs> predicted in 2019. So maybe it's smart speakers in the car. We've definitely seen growth in that. So that would be a shared experience. Um, in terms of your initial question, mate, I think in downloads, I, I don't think every download is equal in, in many ways. And we talk about the impressions and that's exactly the same as our business. But I even go further and look at kind of what that integration opportunity lies. So you might have one download, but only one opportunity to integrate, which might only just be a five second credit when another download offers you much more richer integration with the talent. You've got kind of um, further opportunities to really capture that audience and tell a really compelling story. So I think um, I, d I do love the Ranker. I think it's provided a great kind of level of, of kind of um, sophistication and also kind of standardization. But I think you always need to look a little bit further in terms of what those podcasts are that provide that opportunity for your brand. Yeah. yeah. I, I will talk about that, about how the Ranker is, what what is what makes a one versus a number three or a number four. So mm -hmm. it is it is ranked by downloads and it is using the IAB globally set tech standards of of what of podcast measurement so we haven't just created our own standard it is it yeah. is the the globally used standard um, and the number one measurements that they have is um, the download so we understand that everyone is selling things a little bit differently which is why in this phase we haven't published numbers we know that this is meant to be a, a marketing guide to help an advertiser and a buyer potentially understand what is popular in the market. And that's why it actually has sales representation listed mm. in the column. They can then have the conversation with a sales represent with the sales representation of a, a title or a group of titles, and then begins the sales conversation. So um, and we know that everyone is selling things a little bit differently. It's not unlike radio where different broadcasters are selling things differently. So um, um, it is it is not there are many technical limitations uh there are a number of key technical limitations on how podcasts are consumed that mean whether we like it or not, we are never going to have a 100, no one can ever profess to have a 100% pure, clean view on podcasting measurement. But according to the according to people much smarter than us, um, this is a very <laughs> robust set of guidelines that allow that that allow um, allow us to compare podcasts with podcasts and to start their conversation around what constitutes as, as, as a well-listened to podcast in this country. Yeah. I wanted to ask about, um, now we've got listener and Nova Entertainment represented here. Now we're seeing some different strategies on the way forward with the, the way you're building your different platforms. I don't really want to get into that, but I might just say about the, the business models. We're seeing um, subscriptions starting to be tried because Apple's going to get into that space in a big way shortly. We've seen some platforms in the US dabble with it. Do you think you'll remain ad funded for the time being? Can you talk to that at all? Uh, I think so, and um, I think it's also, you know, it, it's a gamble for anyone when you've given uh, people content for free for so long, and um, I'm going to use Hamish and Andy as, as the example in this case where, you know, they had left radio, had already started a podcast before they left radio. They're, they've got a community group that is just absolutely so engaged and have been so loyal and is growing by the day. And that is their connection to, to their audience. Would they ever start charging um, somebody to listen to their podcast after they've built that? Uh, they know that their community's built their brand. 
that would be a really hard call for for them to do that. And that you know, you're talking about the number two podcast uh, in Australia that only publishes four times a month. Mm. Who, so it it really comes down. It's going to come down to the podcast host. It's going to uh, come down to how you know the partnerships and publishers are monetizing currently for our companies and how much advertising support um, we're getting from from our agencies as well as to where that goes. But um, I don't think people are going to become rich overnight, if you like, by paying by people paying to listen to their content. Yeah. So I still think there's a big yeah. role for advertising in it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we, we're pretty much focused on just building big audiences across our platforms for, for our clients and, and really building out really nice categories and, and integration opportunities across them using talent. So that's definitely our focus. I find it interesting that subscription models, and I know Apple and both Spotify have both uh, announced um, that they're, they're models and they're, they're quite different. Um, I do think they're going to be producing initially incremental episodes and building off current audiences through the ad funded model. Um, so I don't see an, an, uh, a straightaway impact in terms of any of the uh, opportunities to listen, but I, I do look to see how that evolves moving forward. And I know there's been a lot of talk about Apple taking 30%, uh, which some people weren't too happy about. Spotify have gone with a much cheaper model. So um, anything to support content creators to earn money I think is positive for the entire ecosystem. Uh, and this may just be another revenue opportunity alongside newsletters, merch, or what else they're doing. So interesting to see how it rolls out. Yeah, Jamie, as a non-looker, what, any thoughts about the subscription model? I think it might work for some hobbyists and maybe niche sort of um, people that do it yourself folks perhaps could, could you know, get some coin that way. I think uh, the, the uh, use of Patreon by podcast makers over the last what five plus years is the is the kind of test here in which uh just speak to any podcaster who has uh done that and they're not making much money uh but then you you have the outliers who who do very specialist niche type stuff that no one else can do and the consumer has resonated has got the idea that they are the underdog that they are that they are you know they're doing they're, they're making a lot of personal sacrifice to do this and and it's a big deal it's a very small percentage of podcast makers who do that, but they do very well via that medium. And then they leverage it, as you said, Kane, to do live events, merch, um, other things. But I think the consumer expectation is they got it for free in the first place. And, and, and we've seen a trend of when people have really tried to window stuff or make things exclusive pretty hard, they've ended up having to release it publicly everywhere else to, to get that mass audience. So I think there's also a bunch of consumers who go, okay, if I need to pay a dollar for an episode or two dollars for an episode, I can wait till it goes goes for free. Like it's not it's not yeah. that big a deal. So mm. um, it's a hard sell for the consumer. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned Patreon there. I think Will Anderson uses Patreon. He's he's number twenty six on your um, Australian podcast ranker this week. So there are some some sort of bigger podcasts, um, partly funded by the listeners, which you know, which which be interesting to see how that develops. Look, I wanted to wrap this up today. It's been a great chat. Really some. Fascinating insights from you all. So, look, I really appreciate that. But now's probably the toughest question of all. Give us some forecasts. Give us some things you might think we should be looking out for or things that you, if you want to go out in a limb and predict what might happen in the in the next year, the next 18 months. So anybody want to go first with that? 
Okay. Oh, it's all quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Like what an exciting 12 months we've got coming up. I think um, p- podcasting itself has been de-risked in so many ways. We've got so much more insights now, research, effective studies and attribution. So I definitely see uh, people leaning in more to podcasting, understanding the value of it. So can't wait to, to share more uh, with that, with the industry moving forward. Um, I'm excited to see more kind of cross-platform podcast publishing. I think that's a really exciting way of um, using video and how do you use like multiple uh, listening in environments. So you've got your, your clubhouses and your Twitter spaces in, in terms of that live streaming element. Uh, you, you can capture that in a video element too and also as a podcast as a catch-all. So I think I'd love to see that across different platforms as well. Um, the new generation of voices too, I, I can't wait um, for them to come through. And I think unlocking the TikTok communities and unlocking these other other platforms. I think um, podcasting can play a big role uh, in continuing to, to drive that growth and, and hopefully everyone listens to at least one podcast so we can get a higher share there that we mentioned before. So exciting times. Thank you. Good stuff, Kim. Yeah, I think um, addressable advertising in podcasting, I don't think that that's far away um, and that will really sort of help change things um, in terms of being able to speak to different groups within the agencies, especially the digital agencies. Uh, I think, um, you know, have we really mastered and um, attracted the under-18 audience in podcasting? No, I think they're still quite hooked on YouTube um, and, you know, gaming, and I think that if we can get content right for that for audience. audience. Yeah, spread. definitely. Uh, because, you know, an under 18 audience are definitely not engaging with radio. We know that for sure. They're not engaging with commercial TV whatsoever. Um, they are absolutely engaged in smart speakers. And, you know, you can even just see from the infinite dial report of how many smart speakers are now in our homes. There's more than one in most homes. Um, so, how we engage that younger audience who are so, so savvy, um, I think that that's going to be the game changer if how we get that right. It'll be part of what you were saying about cross-platform publishing, you know, there's some video elements. Yeah, yeah I think the, so. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts about the future uh, from you, Jamie? Um, I, I think uh, podcasting as a business in Australia and the opportunities for advertisers are only going to get better. I think having been in actively involved in making podcasts in the early days as it as it was in places like radio broadcasters. Watch, watching the sophistication, particularly in the last 12 months, has been amazing to see. So the quality of content and how advertisers are integrated is is now amazing. So the opportunities for advertisers are going to be fantastic um, from now and into the future. Uh, second prediction would be um, we are going to see more and more short-form podcasts because uh, I think a lot of we're going to see a lot of growth in in the future from those who go. Oh, I can't listen to an, an hour true crime podcast because I've got I've got my life is just too busy. But can I do have five to ten minutes to listen to a couple of titles that really either um, um, help me learn while I'm doing something or solve a problem in my life that I just need some help with. So the rise of the five minute podcast is going to be is going to just keep going. And then I would say uh, my third prediction would be uh, the. Um, uh, the discussions around what counts as podcast consumption, that debate is going to really, you know, keep going. Um, and amongst those, the publishers who are involved in the podcast rank and now and those who want to be, that's always a, a, an important 
ongoing discussion because people are businesses, different publishers are selling things in different ways. So we just have to navigate through that carefully. But, um, but oh, geez, it, it is, this is kind of the period of growth we always were, ex- were hoping would come. Um, if we look back a few years, we were like three years behind the US. Now we're six months behind them in terms of podcast consumption. So the changes that are happening and that are coming are really exciting. Yeah, look, it's a fascinating time uh, to, to be um, talking about the sector and to be part of it. So it's uh, great to get the insights from, from all of you today. So um, Kim Norman, Jamie Cho and Kane Riken, thanks so much for joining us. I think um, now we'll both Nova and listen. I think we're having some podcast upfronts in early June. Will you both um, have um, presentations as part of that day? I think it's June 7. Yes. Yep. yep. Yes. Yep. Love to. Fantastic. All right. That's great stuff. It's um, good to see. I think the uh, IAB podcasts are underway this week in New York. So some big announcements coming out of there as well. And it's uh, good to see the Australian ones taking off as well. That's been a Media Week podcast. Thanks for listening.